Hey everybody, this is Gus G, and you're listening to Diary of a Madman, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another special edition episode of Diary of the Madman, the ultimate Ozzy Osbourne podcast where we geek the fuck out about all things Ozzy and all things Ozzy related. I am Josh Crumman with me as always is Mr. Dan Drago. How's it going, Dan? What is up, everybody? Doing great. There's a whole lot up. We just got the new release of the latest Ozzy single, Degradation Rules, from the new album, Patient Number 9. And on here to discuss it with us and get our instant first reactions is our man, Mr. Ryan Beavers. How's it going, Ryan? Fantastic. I mean, it's new Ozzy music. It's, you know, just after 11, I'm feeling good. Just after 11 Central Time, it's after 12 Eastern Time, and I got to work in the fucking morning, but I love Ozzy Osbourne, and I had to sit up and listen to this shit and then discuss it with you fuckers for the next hour or so. Hey, 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 <laughs> it's after 9 o'clock my time, so, uh, you know, poor guy. it's late. To be, to be fair to Dan, he should be in bed by now. He is the old man of the group, so it's kind of <laughs> exactly. kind of evens out, right, Ryan? He just woke up. <laughs> motherfuckers i'm starting to get the old man voice too i'm telling you guys i like i'm i'm losing my voice so you sons of bitches you sons of bitches exactly got some candy in my pocket if you want to try some some why did josh turn me into a pervert by the way (laughs) (laughs) all right all right right. so you fuckers were killing me man you guys had the xm on and heard the track about 10 minutes before i did and i had to wait for the midnight call on apple fuckers are online like going back and forth about the track like oh i love this part don't like this part and i'm like what the fuck the three of us have been geeking out all day it's like a holiday it just is right it is for sure me and ryan are listening to the song and josh is texting us fucking wrestling pictures i'm like Dude, it's fucking, I'm listening to New Ozzy. Get the fuck out of here. Hey, Chris Jericho got his nose broke on on Dynamite tonight, and I wasn't listening to Ozzy yet, so fuck off. I was (laughs) doing my thing waiting for Ozzy. (laughs) (laughs) Just because you had a 10 minute earlier than I did doesn't mean I had my life stopped. All right, man. So let's get into it. Let's let the listeners know. As we're recording this, the song literally did just drop, as we just said. I've heard it three times. Uh, How many times have you guys heard it now? Four. Also four. Okay, you guys had that extra few minutes on me right there. So you got a few more listens. And I do want to be clear to the listeners. One thing that for me, with all of the Andrew Waugh, Aussie era songs, they're kind of growers, every one of them. So I do want to preface this episode as we literally just heard it. And these are instant reactions we may on the next episode kind of update if it changes, you know, after a couple of days hearing it a little bit more and stuff like that. Because I do feel like the Aussie Watt material does take a little time sometimes. I remember under the graveyard even took a day or so. And I think now that that's like Ozzy's best song of the last 20 years or something. It's right there. It's fucking classic. Sometimes you never know, but sometimes they click immediately too. So we'll see what everyone thinks, but I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. We're not being haters. If we do have some negative comments early on. So yeah, of course I really just love the raw honesty that we're going to, we're going to vibe here right now. I think it's really important. When patient number nine came out, the three of us got on the phone and talked for an hour, and then we recorded the episode the next day. And I thought, fuck it, let's just record it this night because we're going to get that honest, raw, emotional reaction. And then it'll be fun to see where we stand our next podcast. On the next episode, absolutely. Degradation Rules is written by Ozzy, Andrew Watt, 
Chad Smith and Robert Trujillo. So a couple of things jump out at me. It is not co-written by Tony Iommi and no lyrical help either, unless of course Watt helped. These lyrics, and we're going to get into it, are pure Ozzy. And I have no doubt that Ozzy did these lyrics for sure. This sounds like it was recorded with a band in a jam room. It's the four guys who wrote it. And I kind of like that about it. What do you guys think of that? Well, I, I will say that off the bat, I'm floored that Tony doesn't have a credit. I'm assuming that's maybe that's a Trujillo riff or something like that. Did not expect that at all, only because of this treasure trove of riffs that Tony has. And it, it's strange to me that I, I guess he they must have sent him something. And then he's like, all right, I'll pull along to it. So I'm not getting a credit at all. Definitely threw me off track quite a bit. There's definitely a vibe, a band vibe to it for sure. And honestly, I think it sounds outside of like Ozzy's voice because it's definitely mixed differently. It does it has a lot of 13 vibes to me personally. But that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. Yeah, for me, I think what happened here, and I totally have no intellect of this. It's just my opinion. Tony did write. No Escape From Now, and that's the track he's been talking about that he wrote, and Ozzy put his lyrics on it, and he loves it. And we all thought that might be even the lead single. And then when Degradation Rules was picked as the second single featuring Tony Iommi, it was kind of like, oh, wow, they're really throwing us a curveball. And now we learn that Tony doesn't have a writing credit. And as we've discussed on the show before, you do not get writing credits for, for guitar solos. You just don't, unfortunately. So I think what happened, in my opinion, is Tony's tracking No Escape From Now. They got this riff, and the whole time they're jamming this riff in the studio, Watt and the boys are going, man, this is Sabbathy as fuck. Damn, this one's so Sabbathy. That's what bands do. Eight times out of ten, if I write a new song, it'll be called Crew Demo or Crew Song. Yeah, or definitely. Because it, it, it's whoever it reminds you of. You title it that way, and you kind of go that route with it. Do you know how many yeah. songs I've had called Metalla Sabbath? <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> My latest one I wrote is called Judas Priest Riff. It just, yeah, you yeah. know, it's just what you do. And I feel like they were like, man, this song is just so fucking sad with these. So Tony's working on No Escape from Now. They're like, Tony, you got to hear this one, man. It's so sad with these. You got to throw us a solo on it. Right. And Tony throws a solo on it. You know, I think we all initially thought Tony's going to be playing the lead guitar throughout. I was debating that back and forth with each listen on if Tony is actually playing the rhythms. I ultimately am not so sure. I think that's probably Zach Wilde. But the riff is just so Sabbathy that it sounds Tony-ish because it's it's such a Sabbathy riff. Yeah, I agree. No question. I feel like Zach playing the riffs. Absolutely. It's definitely not Andrew Watt. The tone, just the attack. It's not an Andrew Watt performance. I do one hundred percent think that's Zach playing the guitar riffs and Tony just contributing the solo i differ there i it's definitely not andrew but it sounds it just sounds like tony like front center to me but i don't know hopefully we can kind of get an answer to that officially but yeah I, i'll differ with you guys on that i just it sounds like just straight up tony iomi to me again you guys are the ones with the uh, guitar ear much more so than me but it doesn't even sound as much like zach as i would, would anticipate but I would have to say, I think it totally sounds like a Tony riff, and it sounds like it could be Tony playing. I just don't foresee Tony playing rhythms that he didn't write. I don't know why I feel that way. That's just kind of how I feel. If Tony didn't write the riffs, I just don't see him playing it. I feel like what Josh said is more spot on, which is, hey, this is real Sabbathy. Can you throw a fucking lead on here? And Tony was like, of course. But I, I just don't hear him 
playing the riffs if he didn't write them. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of where I'm coming from also. He was already recording anyway, so to have him throw down a solo on this other Sabbathy track is just why not, right? You've already got him at your beck and call. He's in the studio recording for you as you speak. Like Tony, slam on this also. And we will definitely get to the solo here shortly because I know we are all probably are jacking off. <laughs> Good pun for this song, right? Over that guitar solo because we'll get to that. I do want to remind you guys though, we were just looking at it. Credits on Spotify say performed by Ozzy Osbourne, Tony Iommi. I don't know, unless that just naturally blows in from the artist as Ozzy Osbourne featuring Tony Iommi, if, and if Spotify just blows that in naturally from that, and they, it, it could be all that is. Yeah, I think they're taking a, a book out of the rap world, because if you look at a lot of like Post Malone records and all that shit, not that I listen to it, but there's like five fucking artists that feature on every song. And yeah. Patient Number Nine is the same way with Jeff Beck. Okay, okay, yeah. that's all it is then. And we know that Zach is on that, and Zach did say... You know, I'm playing rhythm from my guitar idols, and it's the greatest thing. Right. So, you know, he's, he's addressed that before also, that, you know, he is playing rhythms on these songs. So so let's go around the horn, a quick summation, sentence, gut feeling. What is your first initial reaction to Degradation Rules by Ozzy Osbourne? Ryan, <laughs> what do you think? Off the bat, I, I enjoy it. My biggest gripe is uh, I'm not a, as much of a fan of the mixing on this one anywhere near is the, the way that I am with patient number nine. I think Ozzy sounds fantastic. Yeah. It, ca- it caught me, you know, it, it had me singing along like Ozzy always does immediately. I, I guess off the bat right now, I'd give it a three and a half out of five. What about you, Josh? What's your first thought? My first initial thoughts kind of disappointed me. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot I'd like to do to this song. Initially, it's probably going to grow on me. It's probably going to change. That third verse should have been a fucking bridge straight up. The third verse is strange to me. It feels like it's just kind of carrying on almost NIB2 did on 13 or something. It's just, eh. felt like they should have mixed it up right there, done something a little bit different musically. The solo kind of saved it in a lot of ways. Tony is fucking slamming on that solo. So my initial thoughts were, I'm not so sure about the song as a whole. I love Tony's part. Wow, we totally differ, Josh. I love the verses, and I love that they bring back the third verse, and they kind of do that little breakdown on it with a little Beatles swirl. I think it's fucking the best part of the song. So we totally look at it differently. I think the melody of the verses is beatles as can be. It sounds like something off of Revolver melodically. I think the choruses are lacking when he's doing all of the drum fills. I think Chad Smith is stepping on the song a little too much. And I hate to say that, but I want to hear Ozzy when he's singing. This isn't War Pigs during the drum breaks. So that was my first reaction was like, fuck, calm down a little bit and let Ozzy sing. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. It's amazing playing. He sounds great. Oh, But like you said, Ozzy Osbourne's underneath it. So you can't really hear Ozzy as clearly because of it. So you kind of are like, ah, let's tone it back a little so you can hear the man do his thing. This isn't an instrumental break. I agree totally. And Chad's amazing. We've definitely... yeah. We've sucked him off on this show. Everyone knows we love him, but I agree with you. That might have been a bit of overplaying right there. Yeah, agreed. So my first initial reaction was solid, like solid. Three and a half out of five is pretty perfect. I actually think I was more enamored with patient number nine when I first heard it. Yeah, I, I, I was taken back by patient number nine much quicker you know, than I was with this track. Again, it kind of goes back to the mixing. The guitars, the bass, and the drum are very, very loud, and it's fucking fantastic as Ozzy sounds on patient number nine. And like, and that's what we've all discussed is he's just crystal clear front and center. There's no missing it. He's, he's kind of buried in the mix here. 
pace number nine, you could almost say he's maybe too loud. Not, it's not a, a bad thing by any means, but he's definitely kind of buried in, in this one a little bit. And that definitely bugs me. And as much as I love what Chad is doing, because he's just been a monster, but apparently that's going to be the theme on this is him just going balls out. But I agree. Let the song breathe a little bit. There's a little bit too much going on. Definitely takes away from the star of the show. It's funny when you talk about mixing, I actually think the solo was mixed too loud. I was really trying to listen to the rhythms behind the solo because they are swinging like motherfuckers. Yes. That is so Sabbathy behind the solo. Yes. And I was just like, fuck, the lead is just too loud. As much as I love it, I'm like, God, bring up that back rhythm. It's really fucking good. I think the rhythm behind that solo it might be my favorite part of the song. That's exactly what I was getting ready to say. The solo itself is great. I think Tony lays down a beautiful solo for it. Suits the song well. It's Tony Iommi. It sounds like Tony Iommi. But that fucking rhythm behind the solo is the highlight of the song for me on three listens. Now, I do want to, again, state this is going to change a little. I'm three listens in. Probably going to start leaning towards Dan's way on the third verse shortly and so on and so forth. Because it just takes a little time to grow on you sometimes. It's the best songs typically do take a few listens to grow on you. It's just a, a natural way of thing. I'm with you guys, man. That rhythm on the solo, fuck. I can almost handle just a track of that by itself. It's fucking right. amazing. Awesome point, Josh. I would have to say, overall, I don't think it's as low as NIB2 or Goodbye or some of the other lower level songs. I think this is a little bit better than Eat Me is kind of where I'm at. I like it a little bit better than Eat Me. I think I'm going to go with you on that. But at the same time, this is single number two. Right. I don't know as much as I do enjoy the song and I'm going to enjoy it more. I have no doubt. It concerns me a touch that this is single number two. So let's do it. We love to do this on the show anyway. We can't, you can't resist it. You got to compare it to straight to hell. Single right. number two from Ordinary Man. If I'm honest, on three listens, straight to hell blows this away. That's just my opinion. Off the bat, as we're sitting here right now and it's not even an hour old. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I was definitely taken back more by straight to hell on, on first listen or third or tenth. I, I agree with what you're saying right now. I am going to disagree. I'm not as big a fan of Straight to Hell as you guys are. I think it's a solid song. The verses of Degradation Rules is much better than the verses on Straight to Hell for me, melodically. But the bridge on Straight to Hell is amazing. And that is definitely really, really cool. I would have to say Tony's solo is cooler than Straight to Hell's solo by Slash, even though it's great. And I think this riff is better than Straight to Hell. It's more complex. It's a little bit more fun. I just think they've stepped it up a notch here. I'm glad to hear you do lean towards degradation rules in this battle. I would hate to know that all of us agree that Straight to Hell smokes it. You know, that would be disappointing for sure. So to hear you say you prefer degradation rules is encouraging for me for my future listens. But, you know, Straight to Hell is one that did immediately kind of catch me also. So to be fair, I did get that one from like listen number one. I was really in on it. You hate to compare, but you can't resist it. My initial listens, I was a little bit underwhelmed, and I'm shocked to be saying that. And as I say it, though, I do know it's going to reverse by this time tomorrow. I'll be fucking actually by 8 a.m. tomorrow morning on the way to work. I'll be rocking like crazy. We all know it. But I don't know what I really wanted. For me, the course has definitely fell flat. Masturbation. Yeah, I agree. But I, like, I was like, I just yeah. don't know how I'm feeling that. I did like the effect on the masturbation part because I just going to be honest with you. deep voice going on. Yes, and that helped because when I read the lyrics and it said masturbation, I was like, 
fuck. Hand on forehead. Here we go. This is the defecate line from straight to hell. Everybody hated that. And now we've got masturbation in this one. The way they kind of sang it with the deeper voice did kind of mask the cheesiness of it. Like he's not just screaming masturbation. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of you have to really listen to even hear it. So they kind of masked it in a way that I was a little bit happier with it. But all in all, the chorus is what brought it down for me, I think. So for me, the chorus is a two-parter. I think the weakest part of the song is the asphyxiation, masturbation part. But once the opening riff comes back in, which is stuck in my head the whole time since I've heard the song. I mean, I just want to bang my head to it. And he comes back in with the degradation rules. I think that part is fucking great. I just don't like the the part right before it, which is kind of, I don't know if it's pre-chorus, but when Chad is going crazy on the drums and he's singing the masturbation, definitely the low point of the song. I agree totally. Once that riff comes back in, though, I think it elevates. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I really dig Ozzy's melodies on this, particularly in the verses. I don't have a problem with it on the chorus, or top 10 by any stretch of the imagination. I like how he kind of hangs on the last word of each line. And it reminds me of something, and it's going to bug the shit out of me for the rest of tonight and probably tomorrow. It reminds me of another Ozzy solo track. And at the top of my head, I just can't think of what it is. It just sounds like a recent era. I'll play the song that I, I hear. Josh okay. is going to roll his eyes. Let's hear it. Black skies. That's what I hear a little bit in the melody. Yeah. In maybe. the verses. Yeah, yeah in the verses. Yeah. I got to listen to black skies, but, but that's the one that jumped out at me. It was like, I oh, yeah, I see that. It's yeah, a little bit black skies sky. with the melody. Yeah, I haven't listened to black skies in in, in a minute, so I'm gonna have to check that out. As soon as I heard it, I was like, what is? And it's not like it's a, a direct copy, but it just feels like a a sister melody to something else. Ozzy is proud of it, though. I mean, if you hear him talking to billy morrison on ozzy speaks he's like you know what the lyrics are about right right and then billy just kind of ignored him which i don't want to go off on a tangent ozzy clearly wrote these lyrics there's no question about it he was very proud did you not get that ryan that he was very proud of him oh i did and then yeah you're right billy just kind of diverts to like something else which right happens all too often ozzy sounds he sounds fantastic he I, does. other than being too low in the mix not in his control, obviously. I think he sounds great. Listen, let's just fucking say it. Billy Morrison ain't coming on this goddamn show. When you listen to Ozzy Speaks, Ozzy wants to talk, and Billy fucking changes the subject every goddamn time. And it drives every listener to the fucking show batty. It drives us batty. Billy, if you do hear this, it drives us batty. Quit. Let the man speak. It's Ozzy Speaks, not Billy Speaks. Shut up. We want to hear him talk. There. It we is, got it out of the way. Fuck it. He ain't coming on our show. Fuck it. Let's it is say after it. midnight. Josh is a little cranky. Oh, it's yeah. truth, though. Every damn it time. Is, it is a truth. And if Ozzy's, you know, they're premiering a new song and Ozzy's wanting to talk about the fucking lyrics, let him talk about the fucking lyrics. What the fuck? Right. The show starts and we're talking three minutes about Billy Torn, South America and Argentina. And I was like, what the fuck? More than three minutes. And I was like, dude, we're all here to hear the new Ozzy song. I'm sorry. I love Billy Idol. This is, again, Ozzy Speaks, like you said. Yeah, it's just fucking awkward sometimes. And especially if Ozzy's directly talking about writing lyrics. I mean, let the man tell the story. People want to hear this shit. That's what it's all about. I'm with you guys. I think Ozzy was definitely, I don't say he wrote all the lyrics, but he was 100% heavy-handed. And we always joke about the topics. Like, Ozzy talks about the voices in his head, and he always joke about this. And one we didn't mention. Ozzy likes to write about masturbation and pornos yeah. and stuff. There's there's a history going through the years of tracks that has that theme. So while it seems cheesy, and we discussed, we read the lyrics earlier today. We all got a copy of the lyrics. Dan had found them online somewhere. And we all were like, ah, oh, the lyrics are kind of cheesy. We think Ozzy wrote them. <laughs> and, and we're a little bit annoyed that they're about clearly about jacking off. 
But then it was like, well, he has a history of these songs. You know, now you see it, now you don't. Like Dan mentioned, the No Bone movies. And, you know, there's a couple out there. One so up it's the like, B well, side. One yeah. up the B side. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's not that far off. Ryan said, this one is a little more forward, but just straight up saying masturbation. Let's address the very end of the song. Does it say, oh, I just came or what? Yes. That's this? exactly what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't yeah. figure that out. Yeah. yeah, that's what I oh, thought I he said. Came. Oh, I yeah. just came. So I was like, oh my God. But yeah, he's just having fun. Fuck it. And that's the kind of shit Ozzy likes to write about sometimes. Just fun, goofy shit. He's a goofball, you know? I love it, Josh. You know, the funny thing is the melody, and I hate to keep going off on this, but I think the melody of, of the verses are so awesome and they're kind of beautiful, I think. It didn't affect me with the lyrics at all because it's this beautiful melody and he's singing about debauchery, right? So to right. me, like we talked about earlier today, it was about delivery. It didn't affect me listening to the song One Iota. I agree. I will say, all things considered with the lyrics and the topic in itself, I think it's constructed very well. Like the rhyming pattern sounds good. Yeah, the word masturbation in there, so be it. But like the rest of it is cohesive and it's well put together. I'll give it kudos for that because it could have been much more ridiculous. And I, you know, and if you're not fully paying attention, you're not really grasping the topic unless you're really, you know, focused in on the lyrics. And there's a few moments where the, the lyrics are actually kind of smart. So if anybody, you know, wants to sit and check those out, it, it's pretty entertaining. Yeah, I agree. When I first read the lyrics and I was the first one to said it to you all, I'm like, I'm just going to say it. Like <laughs> the lyrics make me very nervous. But we all agree, like Dan said, that once you hear it in the song with delivery, it can change everything. And hearing it in the song, I'm the first to admit, I'm totally cool with it. it. Sounds fine. The third verse is also my favorite lyrically, by the way, Josh, coincidentally, where he's talking about the sticky little magazines and he yes. locks the door and crawls into his mind. I think that's a very well-written verse, to be honest. I Better agree. I would love to hear a bridge in there very reminiscent of patient number nine, like where it just slows down for a moment. I, I don't know. I'm going to get used to this style of song, I guess, the way that they laid it out. I was ready for a bridge right there. I'll get used to it. So I think since we found the lyrics earlier in the day and we were all talking and we we're like, yep, no bridge. I went in mentally knowing there was no bridge when I was listening. If I hadn't known that, I might be exactly where you are. I'm going to say one more thing again about like the construction of the, the lyric, the hand that feeds, it also turns you blind. So that, that, yeah. Because that was always like the little wives tale is that you touch it too much or whatever. You're going to go blind. Like blind. That. Yeah. You got to go blind. That third verse is constructed really, really well. I'm proud of Ozzy. And you could tell, I'm telling you, you had to hear his voice, Josh. He's very proud of the lyrics. No matter what anybody thinks with the masturbation and everything else. You could just tell he was very, very happy with him. And it goes back to what I said a minute ago. Ozzy's a fucking goofball. He's the class clown, always has been. While the metal community is going to be telling you right now, guys, you don't know. They're going to rip it apart. Yep. Blabbermouth will be fucking ripping this apart tomorrow. Dan just don't even fucking read it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Ryan can ignore. Dan gets fucking tore out of hell with the Blabbermouth reader. I like, do. Like the, the writer. Let it go. They're going to shred this song because of these lyrics. But at the end of the day, it's all about having fun. That's a really big issue I have with music right now in general. Everyone thinks that if they write a song or if they hear a new song, it has to be like earth shattering. It doesn't. Nope. Go back to the 80s when rock and roll was at its peak and glam metal was literally topping the billboard charts week after week. All those songs were fucking cheesy, thin songs. They had no real deep meaning, but the, you know what? They had a great rhythm. They had a great beat, and they were fun. And that's what this song is. Ozzy's having fun. He's the class clown. He thinks it's hilarious that this song is about jacking off. Right. And he made a fucking single out of it. 
And I would rather hear about this than this crazy fucking baby. So fuck it. <laughs> I agree 100%. <laughs> Listen, we could pick any classic band, except maybe Metallica. James is on another level lyrically. Charlotte the Harlot and 22 Acacia Avenue are both about prostitutes with Iron Maiden. I could pick out a shit ton of awkward, odd Judas Priest lyrics. Most bands are not immune to this weird shit. Singing about sex and just oddball, cringeworthy shit. Looking at the lyrics again, you know, I've only heard it the three times and whatnot. I mean, like you guys said, there's so many smart moments. Like this little line right here, pulling on his memories. <laughs> you know, that's a, I mean, that's, that's a cool little line. There's so many cool one-liners in this song, you know. I also like used to follow his energy. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one's pretty funny too. So overall, I think it will be a grower. I agree, Josh. I wasn't blown away. How hilarious that we're discussing a song about masturbation and calling one a grower. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, is that not perfect? Come it on. It's perfect. Definitely. Overall, it doesn't downplay my excitement for the album One Iota. Shockingly, I think Patient Number 9 is just more intellectual, a little bit more interesting. I think this is the type of song metalheads want. But you're right. They're going to rip it apart because of the lyrics. And once they find out Tony Iommi didn't write it. And for some reason, that'll make a difference on their enjoyment, even though it's a killer fucking Sabbath riff. Yeah. And even though it sounds like Black Sabbath, like it you does. said, that song is so Sabbathy. You will be hard pressed to find three bigger Aussie and Sabbath fans than the three of us. And we're kind of split on who's playing the fucking rhythm. You know, Ryan's like, I feel like that was Tony. And me and Dan are like, hey, I would think it's Zach. Any of us could be wrong. Who knows? At first, we didn't even hear Zach on patient number nine. And now I right. fucking hear him all over the goddamn track, you know? So watch it be lot. And we're all it, wrong. It, right. And we're all wrong. Or Rob Trujillo played guitar on this one because he was in the fucking room or whatever. It still sounds like Tony Iommi. It sounds like a Sabbath track. I think that's why they asked him to play the solo on it. It makes sense as to why Tony never mentioned this track. He mentioned the other one because he right. wrote the other one with them. So it all seems to lay out perfect for me that Tony is on the solo, but I'm cool with that because I'll take Tony on the solo over Tony not being on the solo. Listen, I will say this as we wrap up. For me, we have an Ozzy solo song with a dynamic riff. And I'll be honest, I bitch about this a lot on the show. Two things. One, I bitch there are not enough riffs in modern Ozzy. And two, I feel like when they try to emulate Sabbath, it always falls short. Like black fucking illusion. Just not good. This hits it out of the ballpark from a riff standpoint and a song standpoint. So I think overall, this is one of his better solo songs that is trying to sound like Sabbath. Great point, man. Great point. Yeah, you compare this to Black Illusion. That's Daylight and Dark. No question right. about that. And it oh. does sound like Black Sabbath. It truly does. And one thing real quick, too. We didn't mention Rob Trio's bass lines. Because he's a smooth player, man. He's just always in the back just laying it down. You know, he, he doesn't overstep anything. But he's always fucking holding it down back there. I agree. He sounds like a beast. And now that Snow, you have two tracks with Trio as a writing credit. Maybe I'm dumb for thinking this, but I honestly thought he was just like brought in like a session guy. It sounds like he's going to be all over this album. That's fantastic. I'm all for it because I always wanted to hear more from him. Um, he was one of my favorite. Ozzy band members over the years. He's just dynamic. He's a lot of fun. So I'm excited to hear how that goes. I guess I'm just a little surprised by it because I, I just sounded like they brought him in. He's in the area. Come on by, like throw some bass down. And the fucking guy's, he's got two writing credits. I did the two first singles. So I'm guessing this is not the only two. And it's going to, it's going to be an album full of Rob Trujillo. You know, Ryan, I got to disagree. I didn't get that. I kind of had the, he's in the room jamming with the guys vibe the entire time because every time what would put those videos out, Rob was there. 
all those videos was sure. what Rob and Chad Smith. And, you know, we know that Taylor Hawkins is on the record. We know that Duff McKagan's on the record. So there definitely were other sessions with other guys jamming. So I'm assuming at this point, when we hear a Taylor Hawkins track, Duff will probably be on based on those tracks. And here we sit two singles in, and you got the same core group for both singles, which is Chad Smith, Rob Trujillo, Andrew Watt, Zach and Ozzy. Of course, Zach playing what they'd already written. But I just wanted to ask this. So do you guys think this is a Trujillo riff then? Yeah, I think he's integral in the construction of the song. It's hard yeah. to say. Andrew, Andrew hard, wrote yeah. some, I mean, listen to the rhythm of Under the Graveyard behind the guitar solo, man. It's that's Sabbath this shit, too. It is. Andrew definitely has it in and more than a lot of people want to give him credit for. And Andrew's a, I think he's a bigger Sabbath fan than he is Ozzy solo anyway. It's definitely in both of them. I, I don't know how much Rob contributed as far as like actually writing the riffage, but I'm like, Dan, he was definitely in the room and helping to construct these songs. The other thing is, too, and Josh would get this as a guitar player like myself, if Andrew wrote it or, or Robert wrote it, whoever is playing that rhythm, if it's Zach or Tony, things change just a little bit by the player. You just can't replicate that. So I think that has a lot to do with it sounding more Sabbath for sure. And not to mention, too, you'll write it one way and it never fails when you get with the guys. Something changes a little bit. And it might piss us off as the writer. We're like, damn it. No, this is how we wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> but usually some of the other guys, oh, man, what if we go to this you know, instead or whatever? And oh. you know, and to be fair, that's how you build a song. And who knows how much Rob had to do with that. Kind of like Randy Castillo on the day. They said, you know, just always had great ideas, right? Randy Castillo was in there writing riffs, but he had great ideas for the songs once they, he heard what they were putting down. But we know for sure Duff was heavily contributing to the riffs the first time. Yeah, so, Duff wrote straight to hell. Yeah, exactly. And he wrote Eat Me. So I wouldn't be surprised if this type of song is more of a Trujillo song. Andrew Watt seems to be a little bit more of the ordinary man style and that sort of stuff. Very well could be. Yeah. Very well could be. All right. One more thing before we go. I did tell my 12-year-old son, Caden, he listens to a whole lot of Ozzy with me. And he loves Scary Little Green Men. That was like his jam, that one. And he loves uh, Under the Graveyard. He liked most of the ordinary man stuff because that's kind of what he grew up with, right? That's his era, Ozzy, now. Like ours was Osmosis or whatever. Or Dan's was, you know, Master of Reality. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, I told Caden, I said, when you hear the new track, man, listen to it a few times and let me know what you think. And I just want to throw this out there for the show. He messaged and said, I love the new Aussie song. It's amazing. So wow. there you go. My man Caden says he loves it. So if he loves it, we all got to love it. Hey, Ryan, I think I think we need to replace Josh with Caden as a host. He seems to be a bigger Aussie fan. He could probably spell better. Probably smells better, too. But that's beside the point. He probably does a better time with time zones, too. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this, oh, no question that, about that. That's one thing listeners don't know. Josh doesn't even know where he lives. So <laughs> they are constantly Man. discussed when they're recording. And then he has to look at a map and he has to find out where he lives and what time zone. <laughs> we have an opening, Caden. <laughs> to be fucking clear, I'm East Coast. Dan's West Coast. I'm trying to book interviews with fucking Gus G in Greece at the same fucking time. It's confusing as shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, it's Gus even more confusing. My time zone changes. And his time zone yeah. changes. Yes. And Gus G initially asked us to do the interview with him at four in the morning, my time. Right. <laughs> so it was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? That's awesome. So we do what we got to do. So to piggyback on what you were saying, Ryan, I agree with how loud the song sounds. The loudness wars are just out of control already. It was with Ordinary Man. The vinyl is probably the worst vinyl I've ever heard, quite frankly. And I am a little worried that the loudness wars are going to affect this again. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. It, I had my headphones on, like like these really nice over-the-ear ones. And it just, man, it went straight in and just rung my bell. I think we were kind of discussing this 
a little bit maybe a couple weeks ago. I have more hope for this vinyl and that it's a double vinyl, and I'm hoping that they worked on the master a little bit, and there's some more breathing room when you only have three tracks per side. But these two songs, Patient Number 9 and Degradation Rules, sound like from two different mixing teams. So, yeah, we'll see. It's a little loud for me. I agree with Nan also. Ordinary Man just did not sound good on the vinyl. It really I'm not a massive vinyl guy anyway, but it did not sound that great. But yeah, patient number nine actually had a very clean, slick production. It was slick as shit. It was probably Ozzy's slickest production since No More Tears. I was amazed at how slick it was. And this one definitely comes in more with the raw edge. That can go back to them trying to have the Sabbath feel for it also. You know, Sabbath was always low budget, and maybe that's kind of what they were going for with it. But the Loudness Wars is definitely a real thing all across music, and our man Ozzy and, and Watt and Company are not above it either. Let's be perfectly clear. There is nothing to the level of It's a Raid from a mix standpoint, a loudness standpoint. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. And I don't mean the song. I actually quite enjoy the song. But the way it sounds really can ruin your enjoyment of that track. And Degradation Rules isn't that bad. Right, I agree totally. Hey. My man Caden just chimed back in and said, I love that harmonica. <laughs> so, Caden, <laughs> we're all with you, man. I love the harmonica. Anytime Ozzy picks up the harmonica, I'm happy. And I think I can speak for most Ozzy fans that they are happy when he picks the harmonica up. Me too. It's clean. It's not too much. It's just a, it's a nice little ambiance going on. And you could totally tell that's Ozzy playing the harmonica. Because yes. you could tell on Damaged Soul that Ozzy's not really playing that harmonica. That's been proven already. But... This is definitely Ozzy playing the harmonica. The parts just, it kind of does sound a little bit like the wizard. Yes. The style. And to be honest, and I don't mean this as a negative, I'm not trying to be ugly. It's good playing. It's not spectacular playing. And that's another way you can tell it's Ozzy. You know, because right. it's not spectacular. Damaged Soul was spectacular. You're bending notes and it's like, okay. Yeah. Now, to be clear, I do think Ozzy is on Damaged Soul. Me too. I don't think they lied. He's there. He's just, there's another dude there too. who plays yeah. it a lot better. And it's, you know, this is clearly, it's imperfect enough that you can tell it truly is Ozzy. And that's what makes it fucking great. It sounds better being imperfect than it would have been perfect because you feel comfortable that it is him playing it. And as an Ozzy fan, it's really fun to hear him play it. So the other thing that I thought was really interesting is Ozzy did come out tonight and say the reason there was such a delay is he hated the original mix that they did. So that's why it took so long. He said two years, I think. So I thought that was really interesting. We've talked about this on the show a lot, that Ozzy's very involved in the mixing process and nothing can get by him. He has to approve everything and he just wouldn't approve it. So Andrew Watt had to keep remixing the record until it met Ozzy's approval. So I thought that was really interesting, guys. That's extremely interesting. You'd love to hear the other versions, right? <laughs> the prior mixes and see what the difference was. But, you know, they scored it that he's that involved. So many people want to discredit Ozzy's involvement in any of the production of anything. So it's always cool to hear moments like that and hear details like that. And to give us all an answer. We thought this record would be out in the early spring. And now we know we're looking at fall because Ozzy didn't like the mix. He wanted to make sure they took the time to make the best it could be in his opinion. That's an interesting tidbit. Thanks for sharing that with us. I didn't get to listen to it. And he really raves about Watt where Ozzy doesn't like producers that basically tell him I'm the producer. You're doing it my way. And Watt is not like that at all. Watt tries to get what's in Ozzy's brain out of him. And I thought that was really interesting how Ozzy put that. And Chad Smith has said the same thing. You know, we mentioned earlier that Chad might have been overplaying a touch on the chorus of this song, but he said that before that that's what he loves about Andrew Watt. He's like, is that too much? And said, Watt said, it's never too much. Just fucking go. You're Chad Smith. You're like the greatest drummer in the fucking world. Just fucking have at it. Do your thing, you know? And, and it is cool to work with someone who's going to let you do your thing. No question. All right. Well, thank you guys. I'm sorry, Josh, for keeping up till one o'clock in the morning, but our listeners cannot fucking wait for the Diary of the Madman to give a review of the degradation rules. 
me and Dan said it a three and a half out of five. Josh never said. I think that's about right. Three and a half sounds about right. Maybe three. I feel like it's still going to grow on me a little bit more. I need a little more time. The whole time you've been recording, that riff has just been replaying in my head. I'm not lying. It's really catchy. Oh, that's great. That's yeah, great. It's a and great it's, riff. And I'm by no means shitting on the song. I mean, I don't want any of the yeah. listeners to think that. It's just, I think I need a few more listens. And I said I was that way with Under the Graveyard. And we know how much I love that song. So I'm not disappointed. I just know I need a few more listens. But, you know, hey, so far, we'll see, man. If we can't be honest here, then what the fuck are we doing? I love exactly. it. Exactly. We said this is our initial reactions. It doesn't mean it's going to be what we got to live with the rest of our fucking lives. Hell, we'll do a top 10 and I'll have a number one in the next fucking week. I can't remember what number one was and I change it. So it don't fucking matter. <laughs> We're going to do a fucking deep dive a year from now on patient number nine and degradation rules will be Josh's number one song. No fucking question. <laughs> no question. The last thing I want to say is let us know your opinion on the song. We're dying to hear what everybody thinks. Is Ozzy moving in the right direction here? Do you like it better than patient number nine? Hit up our social media sites and let us know what you think. Yeah, absolutely, man. Definitely hit us up on social media. The numbers are starting to grow and we need them to keep growing because it's a grower, right? We've got to get it up. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't resist, guys. All right, guys, we're going to come at you for all of these singles as they come out. And then once the album comes out, we're going to go fucking album wide with it. So keep your fucking eyes and ears tuned to all of our social media pages and our YouTube page. Subscribe, like us, all that bullshit. It's what we need. But until the next time, guys, we will see you on the other side. I totally agree. Yeah. Tony Iommi playing the solo, you know? Right. But the riff is so Sabbathy. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Give me a sec. You don't go, you want me to go. Finish. But the riff is just so Sabbathy. It is the Josh Crumb show sometimes. It is. But the riff (laughs) is just so Sabbathy. (laughs) Fucker. No, no, no. This isn't the Josh Crumb show. Let's let our man Ryan Beavers go first. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Fucking killing me.